Ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry. Hi, I'm Adrian. Hi, I'm Thierry. Welcome back to another episode of Lux Unplugged. Currently, we are recording remotely. Indeed, now that the whole world is in lockdown, talking to colleagues on Zoom or watching Netflix, everyone has to adapt their lifestyle and practice social distancing. But it doesn't prevent us from recording new episodes. This time around, you're welcoming François Thoma, CEO at Spurkes. Can you tell us a little bit more about your experience with Spurkes? Yes, indeed. Spurkes is known to all Luxembourgers of our generation. We all used to have the flagship savings account with Spurkes. Don't you remember that one, Thierry? I do indeed. My grandparents opened it for me. I remember this famous square piggy bank with all my cash savings as a child. Can you tell our listeners what your conversation was about? Spurkes has become a major player in the corporate social responsibility field, where they intend to have a growing influence. As you will hear, this is especially relevant now, in the current climate with the coronavirus reshaping the whole economy and the role of banks. And now, without further ado, Adrian's conversation with François Thoma, CEO at Spurkes. Thank you so much for joining us here on Lux Unplugged. Before we tackle the core of the subject, we always like to know a little bit more about our guests. How would you introduce yourself then? Well, thanks for giving me the opportunity uh, to, to speak to you on this uh, right, quite uh, passionate subject. So my name is uh, François Thoma. I'm a Luxembourgish uh, citizen. Um, I studied in Luxembourg, Paris and uh, in the United States. Um, I'm very enthusiastic and passionate about what I do and uh, both uh, professionally, so being the CEO and president of uh, Spurkis, uh, Luxembourg State and Savings Bank, but also for other things which I do in my private life, be it uh, doing some sports, being with my family and friends. So I think that life is too short to do things which are boring to you, to others. So just do the things you like to do and you will do them well. I understand you studied law. Can you please explain to our listeners how this discipline has shaped your way of doing things and how this has led you to being the CEO of Spurkis? Well, exactly. So I, I studied law and also political science and uh, I started my career as a lawyer at the Luxembourg Bar. And uh, what I like in the law is that it's very... Um, uh, solution-oriented. So uh, it's actually what you what you do in your everyday life. You have to cope with problems and then you find, have to find a solution which is um, acceptable not only for yourself but also for the people around you. And actually that's what business is all about as well. So I would um, describe myself as a very practically oriented uh, lawyer and so it be it became natural for me to join a company, just to practice law from the more practical side on the other side of the of the law book, I would say. And so I started my career as a legal advisor in Spurkes, and then I moved up uh, becoming secretary general, then member of the executive committee, and finally in, in June 2016, uh, CEO and, and president of the bank. Um, I think that the law is um, a curriculum that, um, that prepares you pretty well to... Um, uh, for today's challenges, knowing that whatever the, the studies you choose at university, your professional life will always be different from what you studied. So uh, whether you studied now economics or law or maybe even something completely different, 
um, you have to adopt, uh, adapt to the challenges of pro professional life. And I think it's very important that you have a problem-solution-oriented uh, mind and a lot of resilience. And that's really what law optimally uh, prepares you for. So, of course, being uh, at the head of a large bank, I have to take into account many, many other aspects of professional life. There's a lot of, as I said, economic uh, considerations, there's commercial uh, considerations, there is social considerations, uh, human resources are a very important subject. Uh, so it, it's a combination of many things, but I believe that law is a good basis for it. Now, about institution. To many Luxembourgers, Spurkes is a widely known bank. But for the international community, how would you describe Spurkes' core activities? So Luxembourg State and Savings Bank in Luxembourgish Spurkes is the oldest uh, financial institution of the country of Luxembourg. Uh, our bank was established back in 1856. And uh, so, yeah, there is a lot of tradition to, well, to rely on, but also to cope with. Of course, tradition also sometimes means legacy, but tradition doesn't mean conservatism. So we are very proud to have that historical background. But it is really for us encouragement to go forward and to be very active into which is uh, topical today, new technology, digitization and so on. And I think we come to that to that later. So um, we want to be a driving force in uh, change in Luxembourg, but a type of change where we accompany our customers. So we do not push and uh, constrain customers to adopt choices they don't really want. Relying on our tradition, we know that you can bring customers and society along with you if you are driving force in change. So that's uh, what we do in banking, but we are not only a bank, we are also kind of head of um, a larger industrial group in Luxembourg because according to the organic law, we do not have articles of association, we have a law that funds the, uh, the bank. And uh, there it says really expressly that we are supposed to support the economic and social development of the country, which means that we hold shareholdings in major areas of the Luxembourgish economy and industry, and there we play a social role and also a CSR role uh, even before we, we did that forever, even before people became acquainted with notions like CSR and sustainability. So we are both a bank, but we are a little bit more than a bank. And uh, we have in our name savings bank, but we are quite different from what you might know as a savings bank in other European uh, countries because we really operate worldwide also uh, in banking activities. And we're also quite strong in uh, investment funds, in institutional banking and private banking. I understand Spurkis is one of the safest banks in the world. Apart from having a solid shareholder, how would you explain this honourable position then? Well, as you said, uh, so we do not have shareholders in the plural. We have one owner, that's the Luxembourgish state. And uh, as the Luxembourgish state has a triple A ranking, we fully benefit from that and get a double A plus ranking with the uh, rating agencies. So the first reason, of course, is the strong support by our, uh, by our owner. The second, of course, is also that we are quite prudent and, uh, well, yeah, conservative in banking, not, again, conservative in the way that we are not innovative, but we, we, we are really a stable and very um, down-to-earth uh, financial institution, uh, we, both in what we do for our own purposes, but also in what we recommend to our clients and this actually uh, leads all over again that we are ranked among the 10 uh, safest banks in the world which of course is a recognition for us but again it's I would say getting the uh, compliment like that meaning that boredom may be something valuable it's a nice compliment sometimes uh, we, we we get told we are a boring bank but in today's world maybe that's a huge compliment in today's world running a bank can be very challenging 
You've recently entered into partnership with ODBHF, a major financial services player. To what extent will this agreement then ensure that Spurke stays competitive? Yes, well, as you said, Odo BHF is um, actually a French and German bank, so they are they cover both countries. And um, as we at the Spukis have decided a couple of years ago that we really want to expand our private banking uh, business, our institutional banking business, we wanted to give our customers in that area of banking uh, a new type of opportunity, um, allowing them to uh, reach out to solutions and products which we don't have in our in-house range of, 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 of solutions and products. And Odo BHF is also a bank that uh, goes very, very has a very long history, almost as well as long as ours. So they are very traditional, very stable as well, and they really specialize in, in wealth management, uh, so that we can fully benefit from their expertise giving our customers access, as I said, to full-fledged solutions and products which we can't offer here in-house. So this is really a win-win situation um, for them and for us because their customers, they get access to the Luxembourg market and our customers get access to the products they, they develop and they offer. And they are as well, they have very uh, tradition of high reliability, uh, conservatism in the good sense, and they have a very good track record in, in, their, in their wealth management. We all know that a negative interest rate environment, such as the one we're in today, comes at a cost for banks. Now, my question to you is, how do Spurkes intend to embrace, for example, technology to stay competitive? Um, you know that uh, Spurkes is a systemic bank, so we are uh, directly regulated by the European Central Bank, uh, which, of course, gives us an additional layer of regulation and also of responsibility. So it's also a good thing because it really enhances uh, governance uh, concentrations and other uh, types of considerations you want to respect in order to be really at the top of what you are required to, to fulfill. Um, negative interest is one big challenge for banks' profitability um, and um, Bank's profitability is also one of the major considerations that the European Central Bank um, uh, well follows up all over Europe. And so technology, in a way, comes at the right, kicks in at the right moment because uh, digitization, artificial, artificial intelligence and all these tools do allow to rationalize and to decomplexify also. Um, what, of course, is a real challenge, that's the human side to it. Um, so far, and I hope that this will continue, um, we need a lot of competent people to uh, implement all these new tools and to handle them. And we are really confident that the um, labor uh, environment will not change in the sense that uh, suddenly like half of the workforce uh, would not be needed anymore. Um, there's a lot of uh, debate about this social uh, issue, social aspect to technology on reskilling your employees because, you know, especially in a bank like ours where people tend to work for a long time, even for their whole career. So it's extremely important to reskill people all the time to, to make them, to keep them competitive with new, new technologies. New technologies uh, so do allow to, um, to rationalize and to decomplexify but probably not in the sense that you need less people, because if you did not have these new tools, you would need more and more and more people, and that would uh, put a threat to, uh, to profitability. But keeping the right amount of competent workforce is especially in the new uh, technolo technological context uh, of, um, of the utmost importance, and one of the major challenges for a bank today is to recruit and to find the, the right people out in the market to, uh, to, to complete our teams. So skilled people do not need uh, to feel threatened at all by technology. It's rather the, uh, the, the, the opposite. 
Um, also, technology allows a very different approach to, to customers. So it's not only the inner, inner life uh, of the bank, but it's especially a tool for how to communicate uh, with, with customers. Uh, we have uh, the densest branch network, physical branch network all over Luxembourg. However, we have noticed that uh, people still go to branch offices, but they want, uh, want to go there in order to get real added value, not in order to do uh, transactions uh, they can do from, from home and over the screen. So they do not feel compelled to go out into, into the street and see the branch office for, the, for those purposes. And of course, so what we want to offer the customers in the, in the branch network is really added value, uh, real advice, uh, deep advice, and really try to uh, get all other types of transactions into the digital channels, uh, which also allows us to be reachable for customers uh, very, very longer during, during the daytime, in the evening, maybe on holidays. So that's, we believe, really an enhanced uh, service for, for our clients. By the way, be it in the physical persons, also companies, they also prefer more and more to, to work with the banks that way. In addition to adopting technology for the benefit of the next generation, Another topic that's growing in importance is, of course, corporate social responsibility. How do you see Spurg is acting in this field, then? We have in our um, organic basic law this famous article where we are invited to play a social role in Luxembourg. So social, uh, corporate social responsibility has been in our genes since the creation of the bank. Um, of course, uh, this uh, took different uh, forms of uh, development over the years, but when the idea of uh, CSR as such, the notion, uh, um, appeared uh, in, in, in the banking world, we were uh, the co-founders of the first CSR platform here in Luxembourg, so that was back in 2006. And since then, of course, things has developed, have developed quite a lot. We um, have um, implemented development uh, goals uh, over the last years, and we also we joined the uh, um, UNEP-FI principles for responsible banking in October 2019. Can you please explain what this program is about? Yeah, this is a product uh, created by the United Nations uh, to promote responsible finance and responsible banking uh, throughout the world. And so by committing to this program, by signing these principles, you commit to, uh, you can choose from several areas uh, according to your business model and where you commit to improve um, your uh, your performance in that area. For example, this can be, I'll give you very practical examples, let's say if you do housing loans, you can say I will try to improve uh, the uh, real estate I, I uh, finance uh, where the, the energy class of those, of those loans uh, I try to get to double my uh, energy class A or B uh, housing loans, for example. Or you can say if you're in an environment where Maybe there is um, gender bias or with very, very uh, few women or very few men can happen as well. Um, in your workforce, you can say uh, we want to really improve uh, diversity within our company by, uh, by promoting um, the gender that is less represented or by, by hiring people from different groups. You can also choose goals that are more uh, in the pedagogical uh, training area, which especially in finance is also very important for us. We believe that, uh, well, we, we notice that um, there is a huge need uh, throughout the population to get better information and more training on, on financial products, so financial education as we call it. So you can choose goals like that. You can also choose goals um, uh, for example, having more green or ESG products in your portfolios, either your own 
uh, in-house portfolios or the portfolios you offer to your clients. So you choose uh, some of these goals and then you set targets and you have to implement and reach these targets over a given uh, time, which is uh, from two to four years. And the UNEP FI organization will challenge you on that and you have to deliver. So this is really something, it's not you put a signature on the nice document, you commit to it. And so we did that uh, last October. And uh, just this morning, I had an extended meeting with my the chair of my CSR committee uh, to see how we really concretely implement that. And our new strategy, which we'll develop over the next uh, years, uh, will be... Uh, uh, really led by that, um, by these considerations of sustainability and, and, and CSR. And it's really for us, it's very important to, to stress it's not because it's in the air now and it's uh, fashion, fashionable to, to do that. We believe it's a real need to do it, it's a real customer demand to do it. But also, um, there is a major economic interest also behind it because if, according to climate change, uh, you have the whole stranded assets uh, problem and if some of your customer will just go out of business because they're not sustainable anymore and you have, for example, uh, large exposures on those clients, then you get into big trouble. So it's also, it's a real, uh, very concrete, down-to-earth consideration behind all that. As you know, Luxembourg is going through a lot of construction works now, with high pressure on housing prices. How do you meet your environmental preservation goals whilst financing the housing market? Well, Luxembourg has, is very lucky to have, although having a small territory, large parts of it are forest. Uh, so when you come to Luxembourg City, of course, you see only the houses and the buildings, but the whole north of the country and the eastern and western part are largely uh, forest and, and, and landscape. So we have natural reserves in, in these areas of, of the country. However, um, fortunately, our government is very, very um, preoccupied and keen on, on preserving the um, urban equilibrium in Luxembourg. But what they have, they recently did an assessment, there are many, many uh, um, areas in Luxembourg where ground that is being uh, labeled as uh, construction ground is still free land. So there is, there are reserves where uh, houses, additional housing can be uh, constructed without tapping into the natural reserves of the country. Um, what of course has to be considered is what will housing in the future look like? Um, there are more and more now multi-family houses being constructed rather than the one-family house with like I don't know how, how many acres of garden around. So the way uh, people live, of course, also due to the high real, uh, real estate uh, prices, uh, the square meter per person tends to go down really because so the units where people live in are smaller, rather apartments and, and even studios than, than, than one-family houses. So the type of real estate being built today is much different from what was built like 20 to 30 years ago. The real estate market in Luxembourg, of course, is, is very, very uh, expensive, but it's not in that way. It's not in a, in, a, in a bubble or it's not overheated because there is still a shortage of um, uh, of, of flats and and uh, and houses. So every every single flat and house that's being built is um, is sold or, or or rented out right away. So because there's a huge pressure on the residential market, you know that uh, about 150,000 or even 200,000 people come into Luxembourg City every morning from the neighboring countries, and they live in the neighboring countries, and they they might be um, also interested in, in buying real estate in Luxembourg. So there's a huge pressure. On the market, there's real need, and again, as I said, fortunately, a responsibility of our government, they are very, very eager to make sure that the natural reserves of the country are being maintained. What's your elevator pitch to convince anyone to join your company? Uh, we got recurring and uh, iterative rewards for being 
the best employer in Luxembourg because what we offer people is really an equilibrated professional and personal life. Um, we have real challenges, both uh, technological challenges, customer challenges. Uh, we offer a work climate which is very attractive and uh, we, by the way, we do the same for our clients. Again, we are not perfect, no one is perfect, we try to improve um, every day. But we are, um, we are a small community, we do not depend on uh, mother company uh, um, abroad, so we can really take our own decisions here. So you, what is nice about working here is you can get into a responsible position and take real responsibility even as a young person. And um, uh, yeah, the climate, the work climate is really conducive to, to furthering and to improving talent and to attracting people. That's a fair elevator pitch. I'll definitely consider joining Spurkies. Mrs. Thomas, thanks so much for your time. We definitely look forward to having you back on the show in the near future to get further insights into your fascinating projects. Well, thank you so much for your time and a warm hello to all those who will listen to this. Thanks for listening to the Lux Unplugged podcast. Please share this podcast with friends and family and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please don't forget to visit our website, luxunplugged.com. And see you next time. Mm-hmm.